I get motivated listening to you talk. I want to call this a motivational Monday episode just because you get me fired up to think about growth and strategy and how your life and your business all blend together. Let's talk a little bit about growth versus scaling. This is kind of where the center of your business is. You're the strategy hacker. You're focusing on growth using sustainable strategies. What I think about growth versus scaling kind of the same problems that a startup has as opposed to an SMB, right? A, the next level of growth in a business. When you are trying to focus on growth, you're trying to figure out what actually works and build processes in place to get some conversions, right? It's step one. And scaling is how do you pour fuel on the fire to expedite the growth curve to make your business pick up the pace? So what's the difference between growth and scaling? Part of growing is obviously making more money than your expenses. You show your founders, your investors, all the different people, the numbers and the analytics looks great. Awesome. Problem is people want to jump right to scaling and they don't have a sustainable growth. To scale, you need to therefore have a sustainable growth in place first. And then you're building on top of that at a higher rate than what you would normally to achieve that scalability. People interchange the two growth and scaling versus putting both of them in their own separate boxes and quantifying them accordingly. Want to know what separates the contenders from the pretenders, the A-listers from the C-listers? The world champions and second best simple the fourth quarter red 42 hut hut hike in football and basketball or most major sports the fourth quarter is where the magic happens it's where games are won it's where champions are made and in business it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win in their fourth quarter. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, your goals, and your to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. With Sales Hub, reps have the right information at the right time to build better relationships, which means closing deals has never been easier, faster, or more effective. So this Q4, give your team the tools to win big with HubSpot Sales Hub. Then pat yourself on the back while watching them come through in the clutch all quarter long. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Blue 32! Blue 32! Set! Ha! Troy Sandage, who is the founder of Strategy Hackers, which is a growth consultancy that is all about taking emerging brands and using sustainable strategies and systems to help them grow and scale fast. 
Troy and I have talked about growing versus scaling, the four currencies businesses and people need to scale. And we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about the six eyes to sustainable growth. So let's talk about what are the marketing channels and the differences between the two. Help me understand when you're thinking about growth, that sort of foundational level of putting the infrastructure and building blocks into place, what are some of the strategies that you rely on for you and your clients? First and foremost, the go-to market strategy. How are you driving this to market from that subset of umbrella? You really want to understand the persona strategy. Yes, you have an ideology of who you want to serve, how much they have in revenue, all these different nuances and things. But how are you testing to prove or disprove that hypothesis of a persona if it's going to work? And will it work in the level that you want it to work? So creating a strategy on top of a system and a process to quantify if that works is really what we focus on. Therefore, as we're doing the go-to market strategies, all moving in the same motion. I think sometimes we'll do one thing at a time. When actuality, you really want to do multiple things at the same time in a very congruent, structured manner. If we just focus on one thing in the persona and we don't have our messaging up to par, we don't have our visualization up to par, we don't have our hook and copywriting up to par, it's still going to be lackluster and we won't know if that persona and everything that we're doing in motion is actually working. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress Audio Experience with Troy Sanders. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. So to reiterate some of what you're saying, when you're thinking about what your growth strategies are, you're putting together a go-to-market exercise. And the first thing you need to do is come up with a hypothesis. These are the people to target. These are the marketing channels that we need to use. And this is what we're going to say to them. How do we figure out how to put our foot on the gas? When you have a signal and you understand you're getting some people that are converting, you have a product, there is a heartbeat. How do you think about building mechanisms to amplify what you're already doing that works? I think it's figuring out what the catalyst might be. And that depends on your business infrastructure kind of like the market. If you can dump more money into it, great. The odds will tell you that the more money you're pushing toward the ads, the more you're able to drive on that gas. If you can't use money, use people. Can you drive more people and evangelize them to drive more referrals in a certain window of time to keep that gas going exponentially? If they can't do that, is it content? Can you maximize your content output? Maybe three exit by converting more pieces of content, diversifying, amplifying when working with influencers, or different things like that. You got to find that catalyst that works for you to add that extra oomph to the gas so we can go from super growth to hyper growth and all these different things. I also find that to really transform what you're trying to do is that you kind of have to be more refined in your messaging when you're really achieving that scalability level of growth or that hyper growth, which is really like 40% more than your average is the goal in most cases, you really want to focus in on a very micro niche when in your niche, you're messaging your copy to be very finite because you're going to find as you're growing, okay, these are maybe the three identifying topics we talk about. These are the two to five personalities or groups or business types or organizations that have been converting quickly in a certain time window. What's the one that converts 85% of the time or more? Focus everything on that and put everything into that narrow focus and you'll achieve that. Now, granted, hyper growth in that skate isn't forever. And so you want to make sure that you're managing that runway and that you're stabilizing as much as possible without losing anything else that you currently have in your growth portfolio. 
you got to figure out what is actually working, what's driving those conversions, and figure out how to amplify that signal in all of the noise. To me, the way to do that, again, going back to who's your customer, you can go talk to the people that converted, right? Build a profile around them and try to identify when that type of person is coming into your system so you can prioritize them, so you can find more of them. And at some point you do run into the you know end of the rainbow and maybe there's no pot of gold there. You have to start to think about different directions you can go. I understand that B2B SaaS companies that have more than 10,000 followers from the speakers that they're applying are good potential candidates as sponsors. Well, I can prioritize the people that are coming in, but if I want to go get more of them, I have to go on the hunt. I have to go do outreach to them, and you have to understand what the signal is, think about different channels that you can use to amplify it. At the end of the day, Troy, give me a summary here. Growing versus scaling, what are they and what is the true difference between the two of them? Growing is maintaining a sustainable business. Scaling is amplifying that business to at least 40% of what your growing rate is. To grow, you're just making more profit, more revenue than your costs and expenses. To scale, you're making it exceedingly and abundantly from a financial standpoint, a branding standpoint, maybe even an equity standpoint, on top of your stabilized growth portfolio and potential. And to achieve scalability, a big portion of that is automation plus activation equals accumulation. And then understanding that to maintain scalability, we have to make sure we have the proper systems in place to not lose anything. We talked a little bit about the difference between growth and scaling. It's kind of the difference between going one to 100 and 100 to 1,000 or 10,000 or a million or whatever you're trying to accomplish. Growth is lighting the match and scaling is pouring gasoline on the fire. You have to have that underlying foundation, understand what your customers' problems are, figuring out where to reach them and how to get them to convert. And scaling is replicating that process at a faster pace. So talk to me about what your thoughts are with scaling. You've got four currencies businesses need to scale. What's the money that we need to scale our businesses? The four currencies are your time, your money, your knowledge, and your skill. Simple, but you'd be surprised how many startups, entrepreneurs, even enterprise-level organizations are failing because they're not maximizing the four currencies that they have. I don't know if anyone remembers playing Pokemon, the video game, but you always get a starter Pokemon. So in the same way in your business or whatever level you are in your business, you get this starter currency. You either have an abundance of time, maybe you have an inflow of money from an investor or from a very rich uncle. Maybe you have a lot of knowledge, you know, you got your master's degree or you just have a natural amount of skill. But I guarantee you, you don't have all four or at least all four in the right codex or combination you need to achieve what you want. And so there's always an exchange of one core currency that you have to get the other. So if you want more time, well, you can use your knowledge to build a system to save it. You can use money to pay someone else to maintain it, or you can use skill to buy it back and use it elsewhere. If you want more money, which most people do, you want to use your time to work, learn, network, build up that cloud, build up that portfolio. You want to use your skills to maybe acquire more money in that direction, or you can use your knowledge to optimize how you're making money all of which to then achieve more money to then reinvest back in yourself and you double down and going from growth to scaling is taking that time, take that money, reinvesting into those things. So you're less in the deep of the weeds, but you're still making more growth and beyond. 
If you want more skill, then you want to maybe use your time to try and educate yourself. But the problem maybe with CEOs and certain executives or marketing leaders, you don't have the time to learn more skill. So then you have to go find someone else to help expedite the skill set level on your team if a client or potential opportunity or an acquisition possibility is in play to get what you need to do. And then if you want more knowledge, you want to invest more time and there's that you want to learn, you want to use your skills to pay or barter for more information as I already articulated, or the easiest way is spend your money to get educated by an SME. All these different things require an exchange of one of the currencies to get an abundance of another currency and find that right combination to make you more optimal and more successful. A lot on the bone there. Give me the four currencies one more time. Your time, your money, your knowledge, and your skill. Time, money, knowledge, and skill. I guess the question I have is what's the difference between knowledge and skill? I find knowledge is I understand the concept of football. Skill is how well I can play football. I understand how to play the game very well. I know the rules inside and out. I can navigate them pretty well. Skill is knowing how to implement, execute, and do those certain things. Okay, let's get a little introspective here, because this is one of those conversations where we're going to step away from the technology aspect and figure out how to be a better business operator. Troy, this is exactly where I think you are a specialist. How do you figure out which one of the currencies you need to focus on? You've got your time, you've got your money, you've got knowledge that you've already built, and you've got some skills that you have, and you're trying to scale and grow your business Where should you invest the currencies you have to make the most out of the opportunity in front of you? I think it's understanding how quickly and how fast you want to go and understanding your strengths and weaknesses as well. But I think it requires a little bit of introspection and really understanding how you work, how you move and how you want your organization, how you want your business to move as a leader, as a marketing leader, as executive of that record. Now, time is the most expensive commodity that you have, but it's also the easiest to spend while also being the most costly. So early on in people's careers, early on in your startup, early on in the VC days where you're trying to get private equity, things like that, you're spending more time to network and network and grinding and going to all these conferences. We just talked about how we might be conferenced out, but just spending so much time and effort and energy, but that costs you something. And you're hoping by the end of that, the return is leads and opportunities that convert. The return is brand awareness and searchability that you don't have to do as much of that hustle culture networking style of your time. And you're buying your time back to maybe implement knowledge and skill. And why am I saying all of this? Yeah, we can talk about the best systems and we can talk about what tech stack you need. We can talk about what podcast you need to listen to, what books you need to read, what thought leader of the week you need to go just follow and consume all their content, which is great. But what things do you need to do right now with what you currently have to get to where you need to go? It requires a certain amount of time and you probably have a certain amount of knowledge, but when you're trying to get to that next level, there's always something you don't know. And based on how much time you have, yeah, it may be easy to say, I'm going to go on YouTube and learn it, but also to scale, you have to maintain what you currently have. If you don't have the time to maintain what you currently have while also learning something new and not to mention just your daily livelihood, whether you have a partner, family, friends, your interpersonal things outside of work, well, then that requires you to spend money to have someone else do it for you, delegate and things like that. But having that introspection and understanding where you are with your time, how much money you have to basically invest in improvements and optimizations, and then knowing where your knowledge and skill ratio is, gives you the ability to make quantified the best educated decisions with what you know to hopefully get the right technology, the right systems, the right people, 
even design the right clients so you can move and scale accordingly. I feel like the equation changes depending on what part of your life you're in. You know, I think about going up and getting your education. I've got no skill. I've got no knowledge. I have to go to school. Fortunately, I had parents that helped me pay for a wonderful education. And then you get out of college and you're like, all right, I got to go get some skills. I have to go get into the working market and I have an abundance of time, but my goal is to make some money. And over time, you know, you're networking, you're working, you're not necessarily focused on building knowledge, you're getting some of that, but it starts to shift when you start to grow in your career. As I've matured in my career, the demands for my time have become more prevalent. So that takes away from my ability to learn new skills. So I went from all I need to do is learn something to all I need to do is build skills to all I want to do is make money to now I've got no time. How do I use the skills and knowledge I've accumulated to free up my time so I can continue this cycle? How do you think about the progression over time in your career and the difference of currencies that you have and need to focus on? Wisdom. The other thing I think more than anything is change. The question is, are we just too comfortable with our current situation? And are we afraid to adapt and change our day-to-day to what we've grown accustomed to to achieve more? We all say we want this, but we don't change to acquire that. And to change, you change your spending habits, change how you use your time, change what you consume, change everything about you to a certain extent to get to where you need to be. And I think for me personally, when you're looking at going from maybe early on in your career where it's just time consumption is your only currency that's abundance to you at the time to get you where you need to be. So now you're flipping the script that my time is the most valuable thing to me as a CEO, as an exec, where I just want to delegate. That means I need to have more money to continue to delegate, pay for systems, pay for structures to do what I need to do. But that requires a change in mindset. That requires a change in processes and systems. And the last thing, is you have to think how you want to be and not think where you are now. If I want to make moves to acquire a $10 million client, I can't think like I'm a $100,000 business. I have to adjust and change to meet that demand, even if that demand isn't there yet, because we're making moves and we're building the systems and processes to therefore do so. So we create the capacity that when that opportunity comes, we can acquire it and take it. And I think change is that key factor that we're so used to spending those certain currencies or that go-to currency where, wait a minute, does me spending this currency in this mannerism at this pace, at this rate, is this costing me more in the long term for easy win success? I can keep playing the lotto. Maybe I get $200 here, 20 bucks there, five bucks there. Or can I put my money in the compound interest portfolio, be patient, use the same amount of time and look how much more money I've acquired. Now, I'm not a financial expert. That's just an analogy. I get where you're going. (laughs) But it's the same thing when it comes to your currencies. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, there's the resource allocation that whether you're thinking about your personal, your professional growth, or whether it's something that's happening in your business, there's always this balance of resources. And it's not just how much money am I putting in? It's not just how many headcount am I thinking about? It's how are we investing in the people, in the processes, in the systems, in the knowledge that we have institutionally that help you grow your business. There's a reason that some of the most successful businesses in the world are constantly focusing on giving their workforce the tools and resources they need to continually grow, to continually get better, because as you develop, so will your output.
Product Boss, hosted by Jacqueline Snyder and Mina Kunlo Seathead, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen, if you want to take your physical product sales and strategy to the very next level in growth and expansion and opportunity to create your dream life, well, Jacqueline and Mina are here to help you understand how to do just that. As women entrepreneurs, product experts, and biz besties, Jacqueline and Mina deliver a workshop-style strategy hour of social media marketing strategies and marketing made easy and simple. Their goal in every episode is one thing, up-level you as the boss of your business. Listen to The Product Boss wherever you get your podcasts. We started off talking about growth versus scaling, and we were really tactical thinking about growth being sort of setting up infrastructure, business, scaling, pouring fuel on the fire. And we waxed poetic a little bit talking about four currencies that businesses need to scale. But honestly, it turned into what do people need to do to maximize their output? There's four currencies, your time, your money, your knowledge, and your skill. And whether you're thinking about that from the business or yourself, you're optimizing those different variables to make sure that you're maximizing your output. That's to scale. And I think it's really apt for helping you grow as a person. You've also got this other mechanism for thinking about growth. That's the six eyes to sustainable growth. Talk to me about what the six eyes are. So the six phases to scalability for what I have learned. Phase one is investigation. Phase two is initiation. Phase three is integration. Phase four is implementation. Phase five is innovation. And the last phase, phase six, introspection. Now, I want you to think of this as a circle and not a straight line, because depending on where you are in your business, most people find themselves really at introspection or investigation. When you're trying to solve a problem or when you're trying to see the demand of the market, when you're trying to test your product or service, there's a season, there's a phase where you're investigating where you're putting information out in the world, whether you're trusted colleagues or friends, your community, your current clients or customers, or just out there in the social media universe and seeing what feedback you get back. Are you actively listening and communicating, networking, all those fun things. Then once you do and finish the investigation phase, there's this initiation where you're coming to terms with what's working, your hypotheses, and you're trying to put all things into a quantifiable plan. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. This product seems to be the most optimal for our CP, our deal customer profile, our client profile, and figuring out how to move that along, going into integration. Now that we have discovered what we need, we've kind of initiated the starting process. We're integrating this now into our marketing, into our messaging, into our branding and things like that. And then right and almost running parallel is implementation, is the doing, is taking from the hypotheses and running it through and seeing, do we get a certain deliverable or outcome? And from those outcomes, from those deliverables, from the revenue that we generated from the customer, the clients, the following, whatever metrics you use is now innovation. How do we optimize on that deliverable, on that revenue, on whatever your metrics are to go to that next level, that next milestone? And then lastly, after doing all of that, it still requires to kind of take a pause and sit in introspection. Is this what we want us to do? Maybe consider the four occurrences again. Maybe, okay, we're in growth mode. This is great. But now I want to scale. I want to get that 35% hyper growth mode. But that still requires you now to do introspection. Now, introspection makes a lot of organizations uncomfortable. 
because they want to move, 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 and they don't want to stop. We built the system, Troy. I've done the solutions already. I know what works for our market. Then COVID hit. Then you lose your biggest client. Then your most successful salesperson or marketing person or just key individual leaves for a better opportunity. Now things are kind of out of whack. That requires you to look at everything again and saying, how do I then go through all my phases again to get to where I need to be? And so these six eyes, I believe, in my personal and professional opinion, are a good framework to apply those intangible things as you're building to grow and hopefully to eventually scale and maintain that scalability for success for a very long time. I was reading a book to my kids yesterday, and it actually makes me think about what you're talking about. Can you guess which book it was? All the places you'll go. <laughs> the knee bones connected to the hip bone, the hip <laughs> bones connected, right? All of these things are related. And there is an order of operations that you have to think about when you're growing your business. Really what I'm hearing from you, you have to make a plan. You have to figure out what you're going to do to test your hypotheses. You have to figure out where you're going to integrate. You have to actually do the implementation and then run the campaign, see if you could scale it and take some time to pause, reflect and figure out if it's working. This seems like a mechanism to think about a marketing campaign very well. Are there other places where you're using the six eyes to sustainable growth? Is this really just a, we're trying something new, let's see if we can implement it and evaluate it, or is this applicable to other parts of your business? I find it's mostly applicable to, yes, the marketing campaign, however you want to structure that, social paid ads, all the different things. But I also think it could do the same thing where you're dealing with sales and even internally amongst your team and organization from maybe just a productivity standpoint as well. I kind of pair the six eyes. So two things you need to know about me. I'm big on acronyms and mnemonics and alliteration. So it helps me memorize. Some people like it, some people don't, but I've been known to be the mnemonic marketer from time to time. I find the six eyes pair really well with the Clover framework, which is clarity, leverage, optimization, vision, value, execution, and results because it's a framework that allows you to apply these six eyes in a very tangible sense from how are we going to achieve more growth for quarter three, looking at quarter two results from our community, from our clients. How are we going to look at our sales tactics and processes and our brand messaging and see how can we tweak this so that way we're maintaining a certain level of open rates and outputs for conversations. So being clear about the goal, most people just do. They're just busy. They're not productive. They're just spending the time currency, but it's not giving you any results back. But having clarity around your goal, tying into that introspection, allows you to investigate and optimize what you're trying to do. Then you learn to leverage from that clarity all the resources that you have from your team, your external clients and friends and colleagues, everything at your disposal to get the bag, to move the needle and help you grow and achieve more growth in your business. But the biggest thing is these next two, optimization and then vision and value. No matter where you are in your business, you're always going to be in a state of optimization that humbles you, that keeps you always in check and clear about your goals, whether that's daily, weekly, or monthly, that allows you to not be bombarded and get lost in the void of too many KPIs, but then also that vision and value part. Marketers always want to say, we want to give value. That's like go-to phrase all the time, but are you getting enough value back? Are you getting enough value to sustain what you're trying to do? And is everyone aligned with the vision? You see, I always like to use this last example, is that how has a nonprofit organization who survives off donations in the middle of a pandemic sustain itself? How do they do that? By allowing everyone around them 
to know the vision of why they exist. And no matter what happened externally, people still gave them and donated money to their cause because they were clear about that vision. The same people then continue to work for that organization because they're clear about the vision. Marketers' job is to meet strangers and help them identify and see that same vision. So when it gets to the sales team, all they're doing is shaking hands, kissing babies, and closing and signing checks and signing contracts. But all in all, these six eyes, which I'll say again, investigation, initiation, integration, implementation, innovation, and introspection allows you to be a seamless transition and keeps you in a check and balance pro quo to do what you need to do. Troy, you're the king of frameworks. And it's one of the reasons why I love your content, the I Digress podcast so much is that I always walk away feeling like I've got some sort of structure. And the six eyes to me are when you're thinking about what you're trying to accomplish, this gives you the roadmap to think about what stage you're in. Because often I think what happens is people are figuring out what the strategy is. They're trying to evaluate what's going on. They're trying to do the implementation at the same time. There is an order of operations to successfully test, validate, and evaluate what's happening in your business. And I think the six eyes is a great mechanism to understand it. Troy, if anything else, the frameworks, all of the knowledge that you have that you share with your audience, you got a great voice. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah.